back to the Green Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. And Jeff, since we recorded last time, the whole college football world has been turned upside down. Um, the legendary head coach, Nick Saban, uh, the greatest head coach for college football of all time, has retired. Yeah, uh, we were expecting to be done for a little bit with college football. We did say last week after the national championship game, and we broke down that game that, yeah, we're going to hit the college basketball scene. We're going to start talking college hoops. Uh, for those of you that tuned into the Instagram and Twitter this weekend, I gave a few plays. Cole's also going to have some plays. We're going to kind of do that type of thing every weekend. I think that's a good, efficient way. And then it's also lines as of that day, so we don't have to college basketball. You can't preview it. But we got to talk some college football to start today. The Probably the greatest football coach of all time. I say probably because you go back all the way in history and a lot of people might fight some other names. But in our lifetime, the greatest college football coach, uh, Nick Saban, has retired. I mean, this is a guy that at Alabama just alone, his record was 201 and 29. So, I mean, that speaks for itself. Six national championship bursts. It's just the guy kind of went out. It was out of nowhere. Uh for my, in my opinion, I would say Cole, like I know there were rumblings that, Hey, Nick could be done soon. You never know. Like he's, he's on his way, uh, kind of phasing out, but not like that, not just abruptly in this fashion, but he's done. They have their new head coach already. I think it's a great hire for them. Uh, and Bama fans surprisingly Cole seem to be happy about it, which I was initially kind of like, I don't know if they're going to like Kalen DeBoer. They, they kind of seemed to want Dan Landing, and that was the name everyone was talking about. But I think they got a great head coach uh, in Kalen DeBoer. It's going to be interesting, though, because it's very hard to fill Nick Saban's shoes, uh, we know. And Alabama, they're losing some big players right now. But, yeah, there's we got to talk college football, and that is the story of the last week. It came out last Friday. We're recording this Wednesday, January 17th. We do have some college hoops for you at the end of this, but – yeah, Cole, that was crazy. Surprised me to say the least. Yeah, it was. It was very surprising. I, I wasn't aware that uh, a legendary college coach could just retire without just going on a whole tour and making it all by himself, like Coach K did. So that was shocking to me. I didn't. I didn't, I thought you had to do it the Coach K way. Uh, I didn't realize that you could just just you know just retire at the end of a season without telling anyone. So uh, good for Nick Saban. I mean, obviously he, he he's retiring pretty much when he's still got it. Um, it's, it's good to retire then and not tarnish like any part of your legacy. Um, and he, he wouldn't have, he definitely doesn't just make this decision lightly. Um, I think he, he knew it was time. Um, he was very honest with himself, it seems like, and, um, and he did it in a, in a perfect way, just like the rest of his career, his career was pretty much just perfect. Uh, and the majority of those losses at Bama were in that first year when he took that, that team that, that no one thought could win again. They, they thought, they thought Bama was, uh, it was unable to get that program back to the Bear Bryant days and that they couldn't win a national championship again. They thought they, people were questioning, uh, if it was too far gone. Um, and Saban really proved that wrong, uh, pretty quickly. Um, and I mean, that just goes to show that any, every program out there, like if you're down, like you're, you're never too far gone. You just, it just takes getting the right guy in there. Um, I mean, just like Michigan, who just finally won a national championship. If you're 
take Satan the right guy. Nick Saban was the right guy, and then some. Um, yeah, the I think they, it's, it's a great hire for him. Um, I think they they wanted Sarkeesian. Um, I think his original plan before he retired was was Sark. He was kind of paving the way for Sark to take over, and then Sark got a pretty much A plus job at Texas, where that you just don't leave for another job, and so that kind of changed their plans. Um, but I, th- I think DeBoer is about as good as you could have gotten, especially with Dan Lanning saying no, because Dan-, Dan Lanning also has some Southern roots, um, which is the only weird thing is, is DeBoer doesn't have much of a Southern footprint at all. Um, but, it, it, I mean, only time will tell. Um, it seems like Saban's going to stay pretty hands-on there. But, I mean, it, it definitely threw the whole college football world into a, a tailspin and, and the repercussions of that because, I mean, Alabama was their head coach. They go get Washington's head coach, so then Washington loses their head coach. They go get Arizona's head coach, so it took it sent three programs just into a tailspin with one thing and um, three three top twenty five good programs, two of which were in the college football playoffs. So um, and another was right on the edge of near sixth birth. So it is it was definitely a roller coaster of a, of a few days as as people were clinging to their head coaches, hoping they weren't losing them. Yeah, and I think Kalen DeBoer cashed in at the best time. Not saying he, with his expanded playoff, you never know what how that kind of looks, but he, it's going to be hard to say Washington will be, in my opinion, a perennial uh, playoff contender, especially going in the Big Ten, where I think if you rank them in the Big Ten right now, they're probably coming into the Big Ten probably four or five. I would have definitely Michigan, Oregon, and Ohio State ahead of Washington just with recruiting. Um, and now, obviously, without Kalen DeBoer, that's going to be a little different. But they're still going to be a really good program. They got Jed Fish, who's a very good coach, up and coming. A guy that I think really wants to be there long term in Washington, which I think is very important. The one thing I don't like right now, though, Cole, is it's really hard. And I think your team could get a tough end of this new rule and how the transfer portal is working. So it's really hard for a team like Alabama right now because they their players now have 10 days since Saban uh, left to join tender the portal. And it's really hard because some pretty big names for Alabama have left. Two players today are ranked right now by 24-7 sports as the two best players in the transfer portal. And that's Caleb Downs, a in some people's opinion, one of the best players in college football, like hands down. And then Caden Proctor, who's a really good offensive uh, tackle. And it's hard because now you have to go replace these guys. And a lot of the talent has already committed places due to how early the portal opens for the teams that struggle. Like it really benefited uh, a team like Michigan State. Not that they blew it out of the water, but they were able to get guys pretty early. And you look at kind of what's going to happen here. Potentially, if uh, Harbaugh leaves, I don't think you're going to just see a mass exodus because I don't think Michigan's that type of a program in any way. Um, but you see, JJ just declared last weekend, and a lot of the quarterback options that Michigan probably would have went for heavily are all gone because Michigan want, I applaud those guys for waiting until like after the season to enter the portal. Not that the portal's affecting Michigan, but I think we got to do a better job coming into this new era of college football. And we're going to have this expanded playoff. It's our season's going to last longer. 
they got to figure something out with the portal in terms of the dates because it really hurts the teams that progress long because their guys are going to enter the portal a lot earlier. So we're seeing that pretty heavily right now with um, all these coaching changes. And you see today, Arizona, I think I was telling Cole before this, 10 guys entered the portal today. And that's just a lot of talented players go. I mean, Alabama's had quite a few as well. Um, Michigan really hasn't had a lot of – well, Michigan's had no uh, key player, I'll say, go to the portal. They've had a lot of guys declare that were kind of fringe. Uh, you didn't know if maybe they were coming back or not. But they got to figure that out, Cole. But I agree. I think Kalen DeBoer is a good fit for Alabama. Alabama fans, you've been spoiled. Like, I'm sorry, but if you – especially in Cole and I's lifetime, like in the 2000s, if you had Nick Saban as your head coach, you were truly spoiled. And you might not go win national championships right away, but that's pretty hard to um, achieve when you lose a guy like Nick Saban. So I think Alabama's in a good place. I like that Dan Lanning and Sark stayed where they were because I think those are jobs that are comparable, not, I would say, better because I think well, Texas, I actually might argue, would be better. And then you have you have Oregon and all the Nike money. So maybe they are better jobs. But I'm glad that those guys kind of stayed placed. And I think it was a great time for DeBoer to move on. Yeah, I think Oregon, this, this is why it was, it was so impressive to me um, that they were able to, that landing turned it down pretty quickly. And, um, you know, uh, grass is pretty green there, as he said. But uh, Oregon's definitely a worse job than Bama, I think. Um but, I mean, like, it's not a bad job. It's a, it's a great job. It's an unreal job. But I think it's, it's definitely, I'd say Texas is, is even or, more, or better than Bama. But I, I think Oregon is, is, is worse. So it's, it was, I thought it was cool to see um, a guy just stay and continue to invest in Oregon and, and give them what, um, give that program and that community kind of what, what they deserve. And um, he, he, he's all about Oregon football. And I think, think that's cool. I do think. Um, Washington was the team that really had the, the mass exodus of transfers and NFL mostly transfers, but, um, not mostly, it was pretty split pretty even as far as NFL, um, declarations and transfers. Um, but it, Arizona, yes, they, they're losing some guys today. The fact that they're keeping Fafita and, and McMillan, their two best players in offense and their, and their quarterback and star wide receiver, I don't see, um, I think. Brett Brennan is uh, Brent Brennan is a great hire from San Jose State. I mean, he's won with nothing over there at San Jose State and continues to win. Uh, I think he's a guy that's going to stay at Arizona for a while. He's not going to be uh, a threat of leaving. Um, and if he can continue to kind of keep this roster somewhat together and um, continue to do more with less, I think he can be a great fit for Arizona. Maybe I mean, I'm sure they took a little bit of a hit for next year, um, but. I mean, I think they can continue to be very competitive in the Big 12, and I think uh, I think he's he's just a good, um, stable, long-term uh, replacement. He's just a good coach. So, I mean, everything is starting to settle, um, and we'll just kind of wait and see uh, if anything else changes. I do think I think so. Harbaugh, um, the players are kind of on, in that wait and see. I don't obviously they haven't transferred. Um, except for players who weren't playing. A lot of guys went to the NFL, but we expected that. A lot of them were those guys who were fringe players were already like fifth-year seniors and didn't feel like coming back for a sixth year for, or, or true seniors and didn't want to come back for a fifth year. That's like that's understandable. Um, 
So we didn't really have any underclassmen declare that shouldn't have declared. Um, Donovan stayed. Donovan Edwards stayed. Um, Rod Moore stayed. Um, and uh, just and, and more 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 guys on our defense uh, continue to stay. Um, I think our defense will be Michigan's defense will still be really good. I am interested to see um, what would happen. Um, it's a good send college football into another sort of quick little tailspin. Is if, if Harbaugh does leave. Um, you hear a lot about the Chargers for him. You hear a lot about he interviewed with the Falcons, but it seems like Chargers is the only one. Um, but it also came out today that um, he's negotiating uh, his contract as far as different stipulations, as far as fines that he wouldn't want to pay the school, um, no termination for um, some allegations that could come up. Um, or depending on the fines of the NCA, uh, it is sort of more freedom from the NCAA, uh, in that aspect. And also, um, it would take a three person committee or committee to, uh, fire him if it came down to it. Cause he clearly doesn't trust Ward Manuel, the AD. Um, so the fact that he's this, he's negotiating this hard, uh, with the university still as well, um, it does tell me that there, I think there's a good chance that he does stay still. I think it's 50-50. It's up in the air. Um, but if he were to leave, that was in the whole into another tailspin, um, depending on who we get or if we hire from within. So um, you never know what could happen there. So, I mean, college football is, is, is I think, we think after this is starting to settle down after Arizona finally hired their guy. But that all can change in an instant like we saw. Yeah, especially like if Michigan's job comes open – you probably would expect them to hire from within, but at the same time, I mean, that's that's one of those A plus jobs that we talk about. Have you heard who it's who it would who it probably could be if it's not Sharon Moore? No, who would it be? <laughs> Brian Kelly. Oh, yeah. I um, <laughs> a lot of people are saying that Brian Kelly would take it in a second. I mean, he's from Michigan, used to coach at Grand Valley. Uh, I don't know if he's from Michigan, but he's he spent a lot of time here. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't, it's, I mean, I, I've seen it for people like ESPN, like Fox, like not local news. Like I'm seeing it from non-fans, um, which would be like, I was just, I had that same reaction, but there must be some traction there. They won't just throw his name out there randomly. Um, and if that were to happen, another giant job opens up at LSU and there we keep going and transfers and, um, I don't know. Harbaugh is, I think, with with Saban leaving, he's arguably the best coach in the in college football. With Kirby Smart, it would be the other one, um, and I think that does, I think, give him a little more fuel to stay. Okay, no, I I don't I I did to be honest see either thing happening, but I don't know. But no, yeah, we had to talk some college football here, but I really got to get into college basketball because we're two months away from. Selection Sunday, and I am all in on college basketball. You saw my plays Saturday. Uh, the Providence read was not a great one. Uh, Providence never loses at home. Like historically, they're one of the better teams playing at the or where they play in Rhode Island. But they were terrible. They were up 15 in the first half and then lost. So uh, if you followed me that day, you would have won some money. But it wasn't overall as good as I would like. But Cole, what I want to do for the next like 15, 20 minutes is I want to just talk kind of state of the union, college basketball, college basketball guys right now is insane. It feels like 
the last five, six years, every year, we just have complete chaos. And it's just regular season. We say the same thing when January, February rolls around. Who is that team? Who is the dominant team that is going to be the favorite going into the NCAA tournament? And here's my answer, ladies and gentlemen. There is not one. It is every week. It is if you are an AP top 25 team and you go on the road, good luck. Like it is one of those things where you are not safe if you go on the road in any way. It is so hard to win road basketball games. It's going to get to the point where I think you see, you just see these records creeping up. Like Michigan State has seven losses and they're in the net ranking. They're 21. And it's one of those things where if you go by the net ranking, they'd be a six seed in the NCAA tournament. And some people have them not even in the NCAA tournament. And so it's just, it's hard to win. It's, uh, it, you have to be ready. I mean, I'm seeing games on the road where teams are eight, nine point favorites as like a top five team going to play a team that has eight or nine losses and they lose. And it's pretty consistent right now. And so you got the number one team in the country, UConn. UConn's playing right now as Cole and I record this. They're going to beat Creighton by quite a bit. Um, and it's just that they're number one. But if you ask me, gun to my head, who's the best team in college basketball? I'm going to have a hard time answering that because, like, Kansas look really good on paper. They should be really good. I've watched a lot of their games recently. They struggle. Like, they're not – there's something missing with that team. And all in all, it's like I'm looking at the AP Top 10. And if I had to say best team in the country, I'm going to say it's Purdue. Um, if I have to give one team that I think is the best team, I'm going to give Purdue the nod just because Zach Eady is a monster and Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, those guys are taken off with Lance Jones. I would say they're the number one team, but ladies and gentlemen, what do they do when the tournament rolls around? Well, they do literally nothing. I went to a Purdue game three years ago, looked up in the rafters. There is nothing of NCAA tournament uh, accomplishments in the last 30 to 40 years. So it's one of those things where they don't really get it done come March. So there's a lot of teams, Cole. There are, uh, we have a lot to learn though. It's definitely, uh, we're full go college basketball. This podcast is going to really help you going into the tournament. Um, as we start learning more about teams, but at the same time, like still trying to figure out what all these teams are bringing, but Overall, parity is at an all-time high in college basketball, and that's how I like it because that makes the NCAA tournament even more unpredictable than it already is. Yeah, no team is safe uh, even a little bit right now. Um, no one's comfortable. You're, it, it, it's, it's been a crazy year. I think last week it was like number one, two, th- like one through 14 or something all lost. That you're, like, you're like 22 out of the top 25 teams lost that uh I think it was last week. It's it, We thought last year was crazy. I honestly think this year is a little more crazy. And you're right. There's not a dominant team. I'm trying to think of when the last time is that we had a dominant team. It might have been the year maybe 2020 when Baylor was going in as the number one seed and then they lost. And then, and then we, 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 didn't get the, uh, we didn't get to have the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, that was probably it. I would say another one would be that Duke team with Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish. They came in as like, this is the team that will win the national. Like, because they were good. Yeah. They were, a, I think they were either a one or two seed because Michigan State did beat them. But I think they were a one or two seed. But we haven't had in a while, Cole. No, no, it's been, it's been, been a long time. Maybe 
Yeah, and then before that, the year maybe 2018 Villanova when they won the national championship. Um, yeah, it, it, it is it is a, a very, very weird year. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Purdue is the best team in the country. I do think they have the most uh, mismatch and the, play the most complimentary basketball as far as the pieces they have. I think they're the most complete team. Um, but the Big Ten is not good this year. Um, the Big Ten is, is really down compared to what it's used to. We've never been... Uh, within recent memory, been a good tournament um, conference, but um, they're definitely not as good as they have been in the past. There's a few fun teams, like I think Nebraska's a fun team, Northwestern's a fun team, and that just has to do with some of the, the players they have. Um, but it's 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 a very it's a weird year in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I, I like. I mean, UConn's on a heck of a run um, from last year. Um, to this year now, but I think I think it's Purdue. It is you're right. It's the question of what can they do in the tournament. Um, history would tell us nothing, but um, like I've quickly been learning this year and um, just getting in and just trying to adjust my thinking in. Uh, just like Virginia proved to us, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't happen. Um, and I think that is a something to live by. Uh, things can change in the sport. This things will always change, and and I think Purdue is a team that can can come out. Um, North Carolina's been hot too. They've been they've been a little quiet, quietly hot, but they've been uh, an incredibly hot team. Um, I think in the six games since North Carolina's lost to Kentucky, they have had the best defense in college basketball um, statistically, which is. Um, you know what a turnaround from last year. There's definitely a cancer in that building. So, I mean, it it, it is it, it is a wild year for college basketball. And I think close your eyes and throw a dart uh, at a bunch of teams, and you have just as good of a, a shot of anyone as guessing the national champion. Yeah, the transfer portal guys for North Carolina are finally starting to click. I mean, they brought in two pretty important guys in the transfer portal and Harrison Ingram and Cormac Ryan Ingram's out of Stanford Cormac Ryan's out of Notre Dame and they're they are starting to click I mean you look at the AP poll they're fourth in the country and it's like holy crap like you're number four and it's just one of those things we're gonna get here in the next like month month and a half we're gonna start to kind of I would say get our like hey here's like the 10 teams that can win the NCAA tournament and kind of feel confident but at the same time you never know when that tournament starts. I want to give a shout out here uh, to some family members. University of Dayton. So University of Dayton is a mid-major powerhouse. Like this is a team they sell out every single night. Uh, these games I sometimes enjoy going to more than Michigan State games. It's like 14,000 fans completely sold out. My niece is a cheerleader for the team. Um, and I've gotten to go to a game. I'm going in February. They are ranked. 21st in the country right now. Uh, they are the favorite to win the A-10. This is a team that you are going to want to keep an eye on come March. They're probably going to be, probably say they're going to be in that 7 to 9 range as long as things go the way I think they're going to go. But yeah, Big Ten's down. Pac-12 sucks. Absolutely horrible. Like Arizona was supposed to be this. Arizona was supposed to be really good. I think they're still, they're obviously still finding their identity, but um, I thought they were really good in the beginning of December after they beat Michigan State and watched them play, but they're struggling. And uh, my favorite one's called Big East and Big 12. Any night you watch those two conferences, you are getting a hard-fought game. A lot of times you're getting a top 25 game. The 
congrats to the new teams in the Big 12. They're competitive, unlike football was. You got BYU, who's top 25. Cincinnati, who's right on the edge of being ranked. And then you have Houston, who is also ranked number five in the country. Houston had a rough awakening or awakening to the Big 12, losing both games last week. But yeah, they're contributing like we kind of thought. Maybe not BYU and Cincinnati. And then UCF beat Kansas. So the new teams in the Big 12, they're contributing. Those are my two favorite conferences to watch. Obviously, I watch the Big 10 a lot because of Michigan State and Ohio State. But it's it's going to be a blast. Cole. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing the move um, that I think it was uh, Greg Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner. Um, he that he made is is he knew he wasn't going to get the, the power football conference. So a lot of the moves, everyone, all of these moves were based on football. And that's still true. But he knew that if there's a lot of money in basketball and it's going to continue to grow, um, that if he held on to his basketball schools and continued to add uh, basketball schools to his conference, um, that he would solidify the Big 12 as the best conference in college basketball. I mean, there's a reason that they have been in the mix for UConn. Um, you've you've kind of heard their UConn to the Big 12 rumblings a little bit, especially when all the realignment was as big a talk as it was, because they are fighting to – they know they can't have the, the best football conference, so they are making this conference as, much, as powerful as it is for basketball. I mean, Ed in, Ed in Houston was huge. BYU has been a very happy surprise for them um, as far as how good they've been. And yeah, the big, the big 12 has really for the last, I want to say eight to 10 years has, has been a really solid conference, um, consistently a top three conference. Um, and it it is, I mean, that's just testament to, um, you always had, I think three or four or five really good teams as far as West Virginia at times, Kansas, Texas tech at times, Texas at times, um, Baylor, obviously, at times. And, and I feel like they've always had a good mix. Kansas State um, of teams that are highly competitive in that conference. Um, Oklahoma at times. So I, I think the more they add and as far as they, their focus on it is really paying dividends. And it's it's definitely a really fun conference to watch. But like I said, in, sort of in our preview, the Big East is my favorite conference to watch. It's just pure basketball. Um, it's a basketball conference and I love the tradition of the conference. I love the tradition of the programs, how they're, they're not big schools. They're just true basketball schools. Um, and it, it, it's UConn is, is dominating, but like Creighton's a fun team to watch. It sucks to see that this game wasn't as quite as good as we expected it to be tonight. Um, Villanova still dangerous, but they, they're still kind of finding their way a little bit. Um, I think those are two two clearly the best um, conferences, and honestly, St. John's has been fun. Um, St. Rick Pitino is they you've seen clear improvement as the year has gone on, and I, I think St. John's is on the up, and they're. I think I think that they will, in the next two three years, be a really really solid continual top fifteen team in the country. I would agree with that. I I have no clue how Michigan blew them out at the beginning of the year, except for maybe the fact that they were. I don't know. Maybe they were just getting used to things because that was at the Garden too, which is that's a, definitely a pro St. John's crowd, and Michigan blew them out, which I have no clue how that happened, Cole. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's they, they Michigan just couldn't miss. It was. Oh yeah, Nemanja Brunette I think say, had like twenty eight point or like twenty something points, yeah, and he hasn't even yeah. scored like fifteen and, in the game. <laughs> in basketball, when you have a new coach, 
you're it takes a little bit as to start to get the rotations down and just to, to kind of go into the system and the flow for St. John's and I think that was a learning curve game for them and I, I think I think that's a big reason I don't think it's as much credit to Michigan as far as they were just throwing up everything and it was going in and it takes times as far as defensive rotations and the flow of the offense and knowing it like when you know offense by just pure muscle memory you run it so many times and you've seen it in a game um it just takes a, a while when you for a new coach um it takes a few games you got to play it play out the kinks a little bit so um i think that's the only reason that st john's struggled at the beginning but i think you're starting to see um those kinks finally worked out and the players more comfortable and um patino learning his team and i'm learning him and i think i think that's why st john's is starting to to be more and more competitive week by week. Yeah, the Kinks are definitely working themselves out because they should have won at Creighton last weekend. There was definitely some controversy on that one. But, yeah, they are they are right there in the Big East. They're going to be playing in the NCAA tournament. What? what are you Do you see his quote about, about um, losing makes him want to kill himself? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a Tom Izzo wanna quote. Dr- <laughs> yeah, want to wanna, – freeze himself but if he wants to freeze to death yeah like, like, <laughs> rick Pitino's a different cat i mean that dude's been around for he's been around a while but yeah he's he's crazy but no what cole and i really wanted to do here uh is just give you guys kind of where we're at in college basketball we that's going to be our shifting focus now on the podcast with college football for games on the field dying down we still have obviously a lot happening transfer portal coaching changes um, all that type of stuff, people declaring for the draft still. So we're going to be hitting that hard. I will say I kind of, I haven't even ran this by Cole, but I think Cole will be in support of this. Cole and I will each be posting a video, uh, Saturday mornings, uh, quick little video of maybe some of our picks. If it's not a video, maybe we can't get to a video in a week. We'll do a tweet with our picks of the week. I think that's kind of a fun idea to do. It's two, three minutes. Uh, we had a lot of, I got a lot of feedback from the one I did on Saturday morning and it's quick. It's easy. People like watching the reels. So Cole is really good at mid-major basketball. I said it in my last one. Um, and so I think if you listen to both of our picks Saturday morning, we're doing Saturdays because that's when the pr- most college basketball games are. Saturdays are jam-packed. Um, so definitely tune in. I think that's, I think that's the plan, Cole. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, absolutely, um, I'm I'm itching to to share my money with you guys. Um, give you some of that that mid major love and and bring some attention to, to some good ball. Um, and honestly, uh, you don't even have to watch some of the games. You just gotta take the picks uh, for those ones. Uh, I watch the games, but it's to each their own. But yeah, it's 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 time to fully dive in um, to college basketball to basically drown in all things college basketball. There. The thing that college basketball has that college football doesn't, there's a lot of games of college football, but there's way more college basketball games. There's way more college basketball teams. It's not split up FCS, FBS. There are more college basketball teams, more college basketball programs. Some schools aren't even big enough to have a football program, don't have the funds to. So um, it is it is so vast, so many games, and it's, it's so much fun. Lock in, people, because Cole and I, if you thought we knew our college football, we are going to – keep you up to date, keep you in the loop of what you need to be looking for heading into the greatest time in the year of or the greatest time of the year in my opinion, March. We got conference tournaments, NCA tournaments, and it's not that far away. So you will have 
to stay tuned to A Degree in Sports for all your information. We will see you later next week for an episode of A Degree in Sports.